Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, our production of Agoracom, when we take the time to the small cap executives after they put out important news. We should be calling this one Beyond the Press Releases because we've got multiple press releases to talk about with Jay Hutton. You see him on the screen. CEO, Visibility Group Technologies, trades in Canada under VSBY and for our friends in the U.S., VSBGF, and even for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under 5VS. For those who are new to the story, and we're constantly bringing on new investors to the story, and why not? It's a fantastic one. Here's what you need to know. What does it do? Visibility is the world leader in proactive digital display. What does that mean? They take traditional static digital displays and or cameras that you see in stores, arenas and stadiums. They add on their artificial intelligence plus their machine learning to create real-time advertising and security solutions, the likes of which the world has never seen. I call it the intersection of marketing and security. More than just lip service, because everyone in the small cap world can talk a big game. The company's flagship uh, project, and they've got a number of these, is with Grupo Modelo, which is part of the AB InBev, that's Anheuser-Busch group of companies. They're installing, they're installing and managing an international in-store media network of up to 50,000 stores in Mexico and across Latin America. That's scheduled to happen by 2024. Active deployment is already underway in Mexico, Colombia, Peru, and Ecuador. As of last report that we got in 2021, we'll see if we can get an update on that. 5,000 locations uh, were meant to be installed by the end of 2021. Uh, when it's done, it's going to be an international advertising network and also a real-time artificial intelligence security system for store owners, uh, and it's going to be powerful. A number of other incredible collaborations, almost too many to go through, so let's get straight to it. Jay, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thanks, George. Good to see you again. Always great to see you. First things first, we know we've got two or three press releases to talk about that you put out in 2022. Big picture, how's everything going at Visibility Group? Well, we're really delighted with the uh, progress of the company. Um, you know, we're, we're adding uh, key personnel uh, that uh, allow the company to continue to focus on the execution elements in front of us. I, I feel like a bit of a broken record, but I've said this many, many times that we, we're not actually uh, struggling with demand side at the moment. We're not out there shaking the tree for, for new deals. We're very focused that. on ensuring, like we are, of course, we never stop. In fact, my, my credo in the organization is we always have to be selling, I always have to be closing. Uh, but the focus of the organization, my focus, where I spend most of my day at the moment, is driving execution, ensuring that we have the proper execution team, identifying places where we might have gaps, uh, uh, whether they're inside our organization or external to our organization, and, and making sure that we're optimized to achieve maximum customer success. Yeah, you've got the deals, you've got the collaborations, they're already at the table. Now it's just a matter of execution. That's a great position to be in, right, Jay? Most companies are, George Calm Technologies is struggling for, if we can just get a partner, if we just get a couple of customers, you're not there, you've got them, it's just execution now. Right, not to diminish execution as a task or an item for true, sure, true. but it, it is a discipline in and of itself. And it requires me as the CEO to message and guide the company in a slightly different way. I'll always be an offensively oriented CEO. I'll always, I love the deal. For me, I love the strategy of the deal. So 
I kind of get sharp elbows when a big deal is happening. I try and force myself into the room on those deals. <laughs> and, and, you know, because they report to me, it's fairly, I'm fairly successful in getting in the room, but that's a super comfortable area for me. And uh, I'll always do that. But um, a lot of the organization is focused right now on ensuring that we reach optimal success and the gradients and the ways in which we measure that. And let's, well, let's talk about uh, some of the deals that are on the table right now. The big sure. one, the flagship, as I said, Grupo Modelo. We haven't seen any press releases out of there because we know you guys are in install and execution mode. But what's the status there? What can you tell us about? Uh, and are you able to talk about the number of installs you're at uh, and what the targets look like for 2022? Uh, and most importantly, is it going as planned right now? So I'm not allowed to talk about the number of stores deployed. And that's not me being cagey or any way cute. Think of the market dynamics. Just think of Mexico. In Mexico, Modelorama is the number three participant. They have 10,000 bricks and mortar locations in Mexico alone. They're behind OXO and they're behind ARCA as a couple of other major competitors. But 7-Eleven is here, Circle K is here. There's a lot of players. So when I deal with my the C-suite executive sponsors of this project at AB InBev. I'm here in Mexico City today. My next meeting is with our executive sponsor and our board. Oh, that's great. So, <laughs> so you're right well, on the so, ground. But, but, but yeah, again, part of this uh, inability to let the big deals go to others, <laughs> that's, that's an example of it. But the point is that they say to me, you cannot be arbitrary in talking about your cadence. Oh, well, I'm a public company. My shareholders deserve to know. We understand, but if you put a bullet in this thing that wakes up OXO with Carlos Slim funding OXO and they one day open up this digital transformation initiative, then you've taken our edge away. So let us get to a critical mass and their assessment of what critical mass is is different than my assessment of what critical mass is. Let us get the critical mass and then, then we'll talk about it. And I can tell you that um, they're at the point at the executive level of AB InBev that this project is now receiving accelerated resources and commitment, not still to turning into a, not still assessing it, right? We've added another country, that's country number five now. We've not disclosed who that is yet, but we'll probably disclose it, excuse me, soon. But I'm delighted with it. Sure, we're struggling with supply chain issues from time to time. Sure, we're continuing to train Tech Mahendra on installations. We're talking about moving people and equipment across borders in Latin America in the middle of COVID, thankfully resting a bit, but it was a supply chain. So it's incredibly complicated. We're doing this in traditional trade. A lot of people don't understand what traditional trade is. Well, I'll first tell you what it isn't. Traditional trade isn't Walmart or the Mexican equivalent to Walmart Shadrawi. It's not high-end Whole Foods. It's eight square meters convenience store on the corner of a dirt road in Merida, right? It, it, it is the hardest category to do this in. I, I wouldn't say that we gravitated to that. We looked forward to that, but here's where we are. And we're developing integrated digital transformation in traditional trade that hasn't seen any change in 30 years. So we're talking about a really significant, up. by the way, here's why it's important. The rest of the globe is 30% modern trade, 70% traditional trade. India, almost 100% traditional trade. Africa, traditional trade. 
Middle East, traditional trade. So if we end up at the end of this process being the guys that are experts on deployment of digital transformation in, in traditional trade, we could do worse than that. I mean, I'm very happy with that nomenclature and that label. Yeah, because we, we in North America, right, we think of Walmart and all these great things. We don't think about traditional trade, which is most of the world. Right. We cannot view other developing markets with the lens that we view our own market. You know, I've said this before, and perhaps shareholders are tired of me saying it, but in Latin no. America, 60%, 60% of overall commerce, not just AB InBev's commerce, but overall commerce is consumed through mom and pop equals traditional trade. 60%. In the U.S., 70% is through modern trade, big box, Target, Walmart, uh, you know, Loblaws in Canada. Uh, that yeah, George's George's quarter store is right. the minority. Right. And it's and it's and it's we can't think in North in American or Canadian terms about this market. And when we do, we end up making false assumptions. So and that and I guess the important part is other places where we're going to get traction and traction soon because these things. These take a while to land uh, uh, is in other traditional markets where, where we've got this enormous expertise now and unique expertise. So two things I'm getting out of that. A, the group of Modelo AB InBev is going great. It's going, uh, it's going, nothing is ever perfect, but not to worry about moving along nicely. And B, if I'm reading between the lines there, Jay, I think we've kind of talked about this in the past. You're getting interest from other parts of the world and say, hey, can you do this? Can you? So fair to say that you're actually actively working on other uh, such deals? Very large deal in the U.S. Again, I don't want shareholders emailing me saying, hey, where are you going to announce that deal that you mentioned? And this just gives an example. I'm hopeful it gives an example of the cadence, of the exposure we get. Because you can't land every deal you get. And sometimes deals, we don't lose to competition. Rarely do we lose to competition. We just lose to in action, right? It, nothing happens. Yeah, because this is but brand new. It's not like you're looking to sell widgets and displace Georgecom widgets as the widget, and then you're going to go and sell your widgets. Yeah, this is brand new. So yeah, and I, and it I, takes and time not, to put it together. Well, I'm not trying to drive the interview here, George, but the reason we took the steps we took with WPP and Intel to publish an 80-page paper on the store as a medium and get that whole ecosystem uh, launched, collaborating, and out there doing business together is precisely because it's brand new and precisely because it needs that industry leadership. The idea of a software company like Visibility providing the means for all that leadership, it's absurd. But you need Intel, the engine behind it with their enormous wallet, enormous reach, international reach. There's no retailer in the world that we can't get to in two phone calls because of Intel. And on the brand side, Powerful. $2 of every $3 spent in media in the world today are spent through WPP. They're the dominant media player. Okay, so hold that thought because that, that takes me to my first question I've got in terms of press releases. You added David Roth from WPP onto the board. Uh, a lot of people don't realize the significance of that. So really quickly, in you know, 30 seconds, how big is WPP? I want people to really understand it. And then what does it mean for David Roth to be joined the board of a small cap company, you know, in, in trading in Canada and the U.S., but, you know, right there. What is it? So let's talk about those two things. 
VPP, north of 50 billion uh, size company. Uh, David Roth is the CEO of the store, which is the, all of the retail assets of WPP, all of the retail strategy, all of that component. Inside of WPP are 50 or 60 unique advertising agencies, regionally oriented or sometimes vertically oriented. An example would be the two largest CPGs, consumer packaged goods companies in the world. WPP is their exclusive worldwide uh, AOR, agency of record, Unilever and Coca-Cola. They're the largest CPGs in the world. So you want to, and, and inside, of, inside of WPP is Hogarth, which is the largest content creation company in the world. They film Super Bowl commercials down to web assets, like the whole enchilada of content. And they're enormous. They're like uh, MGM, because, you know, MGM uh, films, or, you know, they're just huge. Uh, Zaxxis, largest digital, uh, sorry, demand side platform for programmatic. So we all know that ads pop up on our phone from time to time based upon where we've been in our browsing history. All that's, a lot of that's run by DSPs. Largest DSP in the world is Zaxxis. One of the largest, maybe one or two. That's owned by WPP. And this business is going to programmatic as an example. So you want to ask yourself why? First of all, why is WPP consenting to one of their executive officers? Right, right. right. He can't just do it on his own. Well, he had to get legal. He had to, it, it was, it took a while. It took a while. It took maybe 12 weeks. And, and the reason why is WPP sees, and David Roth in particular sees, the emergence of the store as a media channel to be potentially a threat. Why? If you understand that media dollars are placed, placed principally by uh, media agencies like WPP, conversation might go, hey, Coca-Cola, you've got $400 million to spend. It's our suggestion you spend 60% of it on the internet, 20% of it on print, 20% uh, of it on, on uh, broadcast. I'm, I'm making it up. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Whatever the ratios are. But they control that media spend. In Latin America, Winkle Media, our joint venture entity, is selling directly to the brands. Who loses when the brands make a purchase decision on that network? Who loses is the AOR. Who loses are the guys that don't place those media dollars. So when they look at what we're doing, success for us means that if they don't play a role, the big chunk of those media dollars is going to go elsewhere or be directly fulfilled. An example, BCG, Boston Consulting Group, perhaps the most widely recognized retail consulting group in the world, says that the store articulating as a media channel is $100 billion, not by 2030 or 2035, by 2025. Well, so that's basically a hundred billion? billion. I'm writing this down. That's why I'm taking these notes. That, that's that's up and to the left at a 55 degree angle. I mean, it's th this is this is enormous. It's bigger than it's the most important media channel to emerge since the creation of the internet or broadcast TV. It's that important. And so the summary is: if WPP can play a founding role in the creation of those media channels, then they've got a founding role in placing advertisers into those channels. And so that's why they're part of the consortium. And that's why David's on our board.
And what is David there just to help? Obviously, part of it is going to be help guide, right? Uh, what, what do you see as his role joining the board? Because obviously for him to join the board, he's taken very seriously. It's a position of great responsibility. Uh, where do you think, where do you think is going to be most valuable to, to the company? Be clear that this is not our advisory board. This is, the this board. is not our advisory board that um, provides me, answers my phone call from time to time about certain questions. This is our fiduciary board that carries with it risk and um a lot, a lot more uh, governance on the fiduciary board than there is on the advisory board. On that board, which again was consented to by WPP globally, he gives me strategic value. We start to build the things that we're, where we're combining efforts and cooperating in the creation of new markets. An example would be the store as a medium. And so we're already involved in their largest customers as they build a vision of the store as a media, we're being brought into those conversations by WPP, and 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 it's it's a gift that keeps on giving because if we execute well and we're executing well, we will maintain that position and we'll grow the share. But from a validation point of view, it just doesn't get any better, right, Jay? If someone had told you, you know, a couple of years ago that. Uh, David Roth be on your board, WPP uh, approved it, WPP sees the you know, visibility as a leader in this and wants to be, would you even, does the validation get any better than, than, than this? Well, I've never, I mean, I'm an execution guy and, and I, I want to, you know, like every shareholder that emails me from time to time, you know, when's the Q1 results, when, when the, when's the fiscal result for 21 out and, you know, will that show growth and progress and, I believe that's going to be the ultimate metric. But to answer your question, to be able to have a guy at the end, and I talk to him every day. It's not like he's disengaged or passive. Or I talk, I talk to him twice today. Uh, he's intimately involved in our strategy. He's a 30-year guy. He's been all over the world. We're activating all over the world right now. So the kind of value he can give to me in real time, not only that, but bridging to the agencies within the WPP enormously valuable and i think yeah. that will continue to pay dividends i don't want to overstate it we still have to execute and he's not going to help me on the execution side uh he'll help me on strategy he'll help me on partnering and partnering and he'll help me on uh sell, selling yeah walking you right in the door right that's yeah i mean i'm jealous look i wish a gore comp how about this i wish a gore comp could be in a position like that the position you place visibility in is unbelievable jay so let's see how that all pans out but uh, I thought it was important to discuss that because a lot of people, maybe a lot of shareholders don't understand the, right. how powerful the appointment it's true. was. And, and it's, it means. that's okay. Um, the entire sector has been, been, been hurt pretty badly over the last, I don't know, three months. And I get frustrated against, you know, our market cap and our value. It's come down. Uh, but I appreciate the, the point of view and I appreciate we're being sort of uh, not fact-based sectorized, you know, we're tech, so we get exposed to this reduction. But I know that the answer is uh, continuing to deliver results, continuing to execute, and continuing to grow the business with these strategic partners. And, so I know what needs is, to be done. And this isn't unique to you. You've got, I mean, I was just watching CN, CNBC earlier, PayPal down more than 50%, Facebook off 50%, Shopify off almost 70%. We're just in a risk. It doesn't mean tech is gone forever. But you and I are veterans. We've seen these cycles. There's risk on, 
And right now we're in risk off. It's just the, it's just the way it goes. But the most important thing is that companies that are oper- that are delivering tech companies are delivering are the ones that when risk on comes back and it always does, because tech is going to drive the world for the next hundred years, forget about the next hundred days. So does that, you know, is that, is that something shareholders should take comfort in Jay that, yeah, you'd like your share price and market cap be higher today. Yes, but, of course. But I, I'm not. Immune but it wouldn't impact to the anything, emo- anyways. For now, you're you're in that growth, super growth I, mode. I'm not immune to the emotion of it all. I mean, I'm not. I I don't like to see it any more than our shareholders like to see it. But it's good for me to hear from time to time that I've got company, even though that company it's still it's still lonely. But um, you're right. There'll be a flight to value, and there'll be a focus on value. And if we focus on the things that we know we need to focus on, I'm not going to say it a thousand times, uh, then then uh, eventually we'll get the treatment we deserve. Yeah. And I've got, and this is something I'm going to just give to shareholders at home. Look, uh, come April 23rd, I'm going to be 25 years in the small cap space officially, even longer in terms of equity marks, all that. And look at, look at the, look at some of the best tech names, Tesla, Netflix, Amazon, they've all gone through these, you know, great growth cycles. Then you've got, these risk-off environments, and the, but the underlying common denominator with all of them is execution. As long as you're bringing the business executing, then you've got a bright future ahead of you. We can't guarantee that. We're not giving one finance. I'm not giving one financial advice, but that's just the way tech goes. So let's talk about on that something exciting about tech. This Intel collaboration uh, with computer, uh, you know, your computer vision uh, in their metaverse retail experience, yeah, featuring that, stores and media. Yeah. That's what I was referring to earlier. We put a series of white, well, one white paper out that has been followed up by the creation of a, of a metaverse app. Uh, at the end of this month, my colleague Linda is speaking on a panel at the Retail World Congress in Italy with WPP to talk about this. And that's the five or 600 largest retailers and brands in the world that attend that event. It's the first time it's happened in person in three years. Um, but that's the kind of thing we're going to continue to tell the story. We're going to continue to chip away with our partners, Intel and WPP principally, though not exclusively just them. And, and because, as I said before, in order to achieve the vision of the story as a medium, it takes an ecosystem of partners. So that's the beginning of our narrative. If you look at our competition, visibility's competition, no one's even, no one's even close to talking uh, with the kind of partners that we're talking to about this. So it doesn't mean that we're going to capture 100% of the market, nor really is that the objective. No, But no. As, as the marketplace appreciates this category, and as we get external validation like BCG, there's a Forbes article at the end of February saying, it's not going to be worth $100 billion by 2025. It's going to be worth $52 billion by 2024. And I'm not sure that those are inconsistent. That's great. Either one is good. <laughs> so... So we're, we're continuing to see um, more and more people talk about the category. And it's just amazing that you have just names like Intel, just kind of, yeah, it's also matter, it's almost a matter of fact now that they're collaborating with visibility. <laughs> There's no small cap company in the world that wouldn't envy just one of the multiple. And we haven't even talked about all of them. Forget about, you know, the, the refrigerator in Barra. We can't even have time to go into all that, but I'm so impressed. And it's amazing. Our, that- our CTO is the guest of Bill Pearson, who drives all Intel partnerships and collaborations, senior VP uh, next month at an event in a technical event for developer community, uh, which is why I'm not going <laughs> uh, in, in, uh, in April. So, 
you know, Intel is reaching out all the time for opportunities for us to do more and more collaboration with them. Not to mention the work we're doing with uh, with actual projects together. You know, all that all that's marketing, if you will. And there's behind that. There's additional projects that we're actually doing together. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Hey, let's talk about quickly because I know you got to run. You're in Mexico, and we I think shareholders, guys. You know, Jay's in Mexico talking to all the partners, everybody, and he's taking this time. So I want to make sure we wrap this up because we want you getting back and, you know, throwing those elbows and getting into deals. Austin GIS, that's kind of been in stealth mode. Remind everyone, especially the new people, what that is in 20 seconds. And where is that at right now? I'll tell you what I know about that. So uh, I'm on the board of Austin GIS. And and for people that don't remember, visibility took a 10% equity interest in um, Austin GIS in August of last year. And frustratingly, um, they've named four of the five partners and the fifth partner has not been named yet. The, the, the four partners that have been named is HCL, a $16 billion market cap Indian systems integrator, SI. Tech Mahindra, a $20 billion Indian systems integrator, SI. Visibility, Radar App. Those two companies, Radar App and Visibility, built the Mexican deployment, which is right now at 17,000 cameras. A Mexican security and surveillance deployment, and then a fifth partner, which is the semiconductor company, who, by the way, is the largest equity participant, all, all, all five of them. They're likely to go public, come out of stealth mode in the second quarter of this year. And I've been banging the drum saying, you know, we, how do you market to brand new customers, brand new ideas and concept if you're under the covers? Uh, we'll have a different philosophy, a different approach. I, I want to tell the world what we're doing. So uh, they're planning to do that in the month of May. And um, when that comes out, visibility shareholders can track the activities of Austin GIS, along with tracking the activities of visibility to understand how the value assessment is occurring. And that's going to be another we, item on our balance sheet, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because visibility owns 10% of is it will, it will absolutely be on our balance sheet. The challenge right now without an independent valuation of Austin GIS, it's just, it's a pick em right now. You know, we don't, so we're going through our audit for 21 right now. It's happening right now. And we haven't settled on how we're gonna, how we're gonna allow for that, how, how it gets booked on our balance sheet. That's a 21 problem. It won't be a 22 problem because- so It's gonna be public you know, and it's gonna be out there. Yeah, we're gonna see it. Right, right. All right, so can't wait for that. Can't wait for that to, to happen and, and, and have you back on to discuss when that happens. So you're talking about May, you're talking about, Second quarter. This is what they're telling me. Yes. All right. Yeah. And I'm sure they might have even gone sooner if not for the weaker market conditions for tech. Maybe. Maybe that's why. Well, they're not going they public. They're not going public like IPO. They're just telling the world what they're doing. Ah, okay. Okay. So, so um, yeah. And I, I, the reasons why, the reasons why, uh, I mean, I'm being told it has to do with website collateral uh you know all the things necessary to to be ready to be consumed by the market but i can tell you they're doing exceptionally well landing a bunch of deals and we sit at the core of many of those deals so that's good for us do you ever i'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask you about sensormatic but i have to just stay with that with that line of the discussion right there do you ever pinch yourself and say i can't believe that visibility is at the core of so many different major uh initiatives with some of the with some of the biggest companies in the world do you ever do you ever pinch yourself and say how is i can't believe you it's actually what, ha- I, even though you envisioned it sometimes when it's actually happening you I, can't believe it i know what you're saying 
but and I'm not saying that it, I take it for granted because I absolutely don't. Uh, but when I think about execution challenges, and um, I'm not saying we have any overwhelming, you know, burning forest fires, but and always in every in every company, there's things that you want to address. There's things you want to optimize. There's personnel issues you want to address. Um, we've just opened up an office in San Diego, which gives our guys a place to go as opposed to working from COVID, you know, where they're working from their homes. We're building a large lab there, a customer lab. Um, so I only, I only say that because, no, I don't actually pinch myself because I sort of move beyond that. Not to suggest to take it for granted, but I move beyond it and think about, okay, what are the responsibilities we now have to make that dream a reality? Yeah, and that's what makes you a great CEO. While the rest of us can pinch ourselves at home as shareholders, that's what makes you the guy at the, the tip of the spear. Okay. Uh, last question, because I know you got to run. Sensormatic, uh, yeah. you know that that's that's that, that's a big collaboration, big part. Status update there. I feel comfortable talking about them this way because I talk to them this way about them. They're so damn slow, <laughs> but. That's big companies worth. Looks like the second quarter of this year, our first major product announcement, which was telegraphed in June of last year. People want to go back and look. They did a press release. I remember talking to you about this, George. Yep. They did a press release about how they're doubling down on the visibility stack. The first product that comes as a result of that doubling down is, is going to be announced um, in the second quarter with initial customers. So we waited a long time, years, for that uh, relationship to kind of deliver on its promise. And we spend a lot of time, you can imagine how much time you do, you're spending transferring knowledge from your group to their group so they can stand by themselves as adults in the room and go ahead and take the message and narrative forward. That's now happening. We have weekly updates with them that is focused on sales. We never had that before. So there's incremental progress that I would say suggests a healthier 22 with respect to Sensormatic. We have a book number for them in our budget. Um, and, and I think they're going to achieve that. It's larger than it's ever been before. Wow. And for everybody, by the way, Sensormatic is, uh, is a Johnson Controls company. And you guys together are looking to take insights to help retailers make better business decisions. And, and, uh, right, and right that the is wheelhouse. the basis of the new product initiative. It's providing more insights to retailers in real time. Jay, thanks for joining us, my man. I can't really, we're, we're at 30 minutes. And I know that 30 minutes is incredibly valuable for you in Mexico, but your share, I appreciate it. And more importantly, your shareholders appreciate it. Great to see that everything is going really well and really robust. And like I keep saying, I don't worry about the next two weeks. I don't think about the next two months. I can't wait to see where visibility is going to be in two years in 2024. And uh, it's positioned as, as well as it can be positioned and execution's up to you now. I agree. Thanks for your time, George. Thanks, Jay. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Jay Hutton, CEO of Visibility Group, trades in Canada under VSBY. For our friends in the U.S., VSBGF. And for our friends in Europe, on Frankfurt under 5VS. Do your due diligence. Get to Agoracom. Take a look at the company's profile page because there's so much going on here. You can't absorb it all. We give you that 1,000-foot view. And then from there, hop over to the company's website, do your deep dive due diligence. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time.
Hey guys, this podcast is over. Don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then 